The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Thank you. That was that was your body by Mario Pope. This is Willie P in the village. Welcome to the village where music and conversation happen. We are WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston Community Radio. I have in the studio a guest. A guest that um, he wrote this book. He's an author. It's called From the Ghetto to the Promised Land. And it's a narrative on the Universal Project for Human Development. I want to welcome G. L. Matthews to my show. Thank you for coming on and talking about your book. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, tell us, what is this Project for Human Development all about? Well, unlike a program, uh, which is limited in scope, the Project for Human Development is um, more like a, it's a math, like a math or a science project wherein we're working to find for X, which in this case is how do we as the African-American people get to the promised land spoken of by the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, King Jr., when he said in his final speech, I may not get there with you, but we as a people will get to the promised land. At this point, I'd like to add that if Dr. King died for nothing, then we need to get rid of the Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King holiday and take his name off of schools, streets, roads, boulevards, and every other thing that this African-American people so proudly stand behind. And if we're not going to remove from memory all the things that we enjoy today because of the work of this great man, then we need to start talking and planning on how we as a people are going to get to that promised land. This promised land uh, can only be reached on a level playing field. So how will we as a people get to the promised land? Going anywhere together with others requires unity of action. The purpose and destination for the trip must be clearly stated, and at the, as in the Bible story of the Hebrew people going to the promised land of their day, we can't get anywhere together if we're not going there together. In recent years, uh, our leaders have been personalities such as uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, and one or two noted attorneys. Now, 
Here is the question for you and to our listeners, listening audience. How many uh, black preachers were there in any t- any city in America at the time of the civil rights movement? Then today, oh, pardon me, then and today, uh, and how many black lawyers were there at the given in any given city in America then in a day and today? Then how many full time jobs do these preachers and lawyers produce in and near to predominantly black neighborhoods? Very few. But no matter uh, how many uh, preachers and lawyers we have, they can't provide the jobs and economic basis needed to get rid of the ghetto uh, uh, presence and the ghetto uh, persona. Uh, What happened with uh, uh, ghetto, it stigmatized people with poverty, the people who live there, stigmatizing with poverty. So even though... If you've overcome poverty as a financial uh, situation, you're stigmatized because of your color. So many times we've known of people who walk into a place and they're, they're questioned about why they're there, just because they look like us. Well, the, the thing about ghettos that, you know, it wasn't started, the word ghetto wasn't really an American word. It started somewhere else. Yes, it did. So that it kind of ended up being something that we use on ourselves and other people use against us. So, um, yeah, I think that that is probably true. So so how did the project begin? How did this work, having this project begin? Well, the project began when, uh, let me see here. You talk about it in the first chapter of your book. Yes. In the first chapter of the book, after the introduction in Brief Black History, I began uh, to get—I began uh, after I got to Boston after my last uh, trip to West Africa. And this is uh, very difficult for me to do now because I've been at this for 26 years. And every time I'm before a microphone, I have the same kind of difficulty. Sometimes I think this is not meant for me. Uh, But what happened, I asked a question. And the question that I asked was, why is it that every place I go in America, the black community is poor? Then before I could find an answer to that question, it seemed to come, the answer seemed to come back to me like this. Who is responsible for free people? And before I could find an answer to that question, it seemed the answer came rolling out of a out of out like fruit and vegetables out of a cone of plenty. In uh, in communities around the world, wherever people rely upon jobs for their livelihood, it is the business community that provides those jobs. That was the answer that led me to go door to door asking the members of the black business community why it was that they didn't grow their businesses to the point of providing more and better jobs for the community, for this community and others. They all said the banks wouldn't, wouldn't lend them the money needed for business expansion. I want to explain, they could get money for consumer items, but business expansion would require commercial money. That required a higher credit rating. So I went to the Boston Stock Exchange, uh, which used to be downtown Boston. There I learned the requirements for listing the shares of uh, of a business was high. Listing requirements began at $3 million. 
followed by more items, which the business had to have in order to list their shares on that exchange. So I contacted the Securities and Exchange Commission and asked them who can start a stock exchange. They told me, to my surprise, that anybody can start a stock exchange. And to my question of uh, who sets the listing requirements, they said the listing requirements are set or established by the board of directors for each uh, stock exchange. So I felt the ball was in our court. This meant that we could start a Roxbury stock exchange with lower but respectable listing requirements so that smaller businesses could list their shares of stock on this exchange and have investment capital coming into their businesses earlier in their development when they needed the most. That sent me to find the leadership of the black business community of Roxbury. Right here, I want to be clear. I never intended to start a black stock exchange. In fact, I'd say that that would be like starting a black YMCA for black people only. I located a group who said that they represented the black business community of Roxbury. And in a meeting with them, I was told point blank, we don't understand the stock exchange. After a short time of regretting my findings, because I was really set back that these, the leaders, didn't told me that they didn't understand the stock exchange. I came to realize not understanding the stock exchange was not their fault. Africans were not brought to the Americas to understand stock exchange or anything else in high finance. That was when I came to realize that not only the black business community, but the large, a large part of the problem which hinders many African Americans till this day is we are still suffering from arrested development. This whole group had their human development arrested in slavery, and that carried over into segregation, along with violent assaults on any economic progress they attempted to make. So now, after the successes of the Civil Rights Movement, this whole group needs a project for human development. Thus, I started speaking about a project for human development. This led to the formation of the African-American Project for Human Development. And I want to just say this before I finish. Um, the African-American Project for Human Development was not very well received in Boston. And, but I had gotten organized because friends and supporters told me, nobody else is going to take your ideas uh, forward uh, for you. I had gone to take them to the uh, Million Man March Committee who came back from Washington after the Million Man March. But they didn't want it. They said they were waiting on the people to come back. But there I met with uh, Miss Gloria Fox, who was a state senator at the time. And uh, no, not a state senator, a state representative. Yes. And she said she uh, called me at home. She wanted to know what would it cost to uh, to build this stock exchange plaza. Uh, and I, I designed the plaza in words. I didn't have a drawing. So when I went to find out what it would cost to build it, I found out that I would have to pay a uh, architect to actually draw the whole thing and get the floor plans and this, off the uh, floor space needed. And uh, I said, oh, um, it's, I was over my head. <laughs> so... So I, I actually just gave up. I really gave up. And by that time, uh, I was working construction, and I had gone to the, uh, uh, the, the what is it called, the trailer, 
where they have all the plans and blueprints. And that's when I, you know, I found out that I was going to need those kinds of drawings. So when I gave up, uh, Reverend, uh, what was his name? Branch, Gunny Branch, he had heard me complain, uh, not complaining, but asking about how I could get this, how much would it cost to do this project, the, uh, the, the um, Stock Exchange Plaza. And uh, somebody called me at, his, at my house, and I was getting ready to go out and do the laundry. So I said, no, I can't help. I'm going. Uh, I've given up. <laughs> so I went out and put my clothes in the in the clean in the dryer up uh, not the dryer in the washer up in uh, Grove Hall. It was a laundromat there. Yeah. And I came out and I looked around and there was some development taking place in Grove Hall and I said, "Wow, this place has changed." And a young lady standing not too far from me said, "Well, where have you been?" And so I tried to in explaining to her where I, where I had been and what I've been trying to do. She said, "So you want to get somebody to draw, do this drawing for you?" I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, I know somebody who might do it, and uh, it might not cost you anything at all." So there I was. I had actually given up. Wow! And this was um, recently, or this was oh, before you went to Alabama. This, this is in the beginning. In the beginning, back in nineteen ninety. Seven. That was seven right. now, 97 yeah, now, because I started in 96, and then mm-hmm. in 97, I went to the uh, went to the stock exchange, and when I found what I did at stock exchange, then I called the Securities and Exchange Commission, right? you know, and then getting the meeting with the, uh, with the leaders of the black business community. So uh, it had been going on for a while, and I'm working all the time, right. you understand? I, I, I truly understand yeah. when, when you have to work and you have ideas of— um, things that you would like to see in place, you really, we have to make a living. So, so yeah, I do. And, and when writing a book, that, that is, that's what people find, that they have to fill in the time. And that's, that was you. Now, well, at you, the time, now I didn't really, I didn't want to write a book. I didn't right. even think about it. You wasn't thinking about no, it. No, I wasn't even thinking about an organization. <laughs> no. You, was, you, you just had an idea. Yes, and I was It hoping. was an idea, and you were hoping other people join yes. in with your idea yes, exactly. to make it, bring it into fruition. That's right. So, so when that didn't happen during that time, what did you do? Well, uh, a couple of people uh, said, well, we can work with you. And they told me I could all it took was three people to incorporate. So that's where I incorporated here in Boston as the African-American Project for Human Development. And later in uh, Alabama, after we weren't making uh, kind of progress, I thought and we thought we should be making one of my uh, board members suggested that I go down to Birmingham, Alabama. She said there's been a man down there, Dr. A.G. Gaston, who's done all these wonderful things in business. These people will be ready for you when you get there. And I had met Dr. Gaston. He was the only black man I've ever seen, any, any whether black or white, mm-hmm. a president of the bank coming in on Saturday, shaking hands with the depositors standing in line to cash their checks. Yeah, you don't see that too often. (laughs) Yeah. So I I said, yeah, okay. So I went down there. Of course, now, that was not the only thing he had, you know. And uh, since I, while I was there, and I stayed there 20 years, uh, there's much more to this story, but I'm more interested in letting people know that this is a project that will be helpful to our people going forward. 
And I hate to see the work of Dr. Martin Luther King just go by the wayside with statues and, and, and you know, um, parties and things like that when the people are still uh, in so-called ghetto situations, still uh, trying to get to that promise, uh, not even trying to get to the promised land, because if we were trying to get to the promised land, you would hear people talking about it. Yes. But we're not talking about it. Right. But you you wrote this book, and yes. you're and this book is in Frugal Bookstore in Nubia Nubia Square. Yes, and you just want people to be able to read it and understand it. So maybe somebody along the way will pick it up and see your vision that you have put forth. And in 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 the interim, you will be doing some book signings and you'll be doing some speaking engagements to help um, bring this vision to fruition. Yes. Uh, okay. I, well, let me say this. I, I think I said it somewhere in this writing as I was writing this. Uh, but I have actually changed from wanting to push the, push the, the project forward myself. Uh, I feel the book has been written. Yeah. Uh, the information is there. Yes. So if anybody wants to take it, if people want to be a part, uh, if somebody said to me, listen, I want to be the uh, leader of the uh, Project for Human Development, and they came to me, I said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> because, yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's sort of becoming your legacy. Well, that And, and, and people, people write books. And they leave the books here. They're going to be here forever. Mm. And we, as we know, educators use words from Socrates and we, from all those Martin Luther King era. They look at what has happened during that era. And then they take the opportunity to say, well, I think that will work. So I'm going to put it into my thought process mm. or into my arsenal where I can use that at some point in time. And trust me, I, I believe there is nothing new under the sun. No. What you have created, somebody probably thought of. And, and if, as we know, that has been black townships. Mm -hmm. They have gotten it. But the problem is, like everything else, white supremacy come in and they destroy it. Yes. So time after time, any developments that black or some progress we have made, mm. it's undermined it. But I want to say one thing that yep. is the the um, Jamaica Stock Exchange, which has in it a junior stock exchange, which is another place where they have a lower listing requirement so that smaller businesses can can come aboard. Right. So I'm not the only one out here You're, with this. That's good. That's good. And people need to know that. People need to know that that exists and not that they have to. Sometimes we don't have to create the wheel. Yes, that's right. The wheel is already round. That's it. Take the wheel that's round and use it to your best interest. Amen. And, and that's how it works. And find like-minded people in your surroundings that have the same ideology that you do and go with that so that you don't feel like, oh, I got to start from the ground up. And then, you know, I don't have to do that. And I think with your book, 
I think that's what you, I'm hearing your potential is, if you like what I wrote, I'm still here. You want to come and talk to me? Let's talk. All right. Because that's how we're going to get it done. Amen. And everybody is not going to agree. That's why we have people who do different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we have to get with those like-minded people and get moving on, on that ideology. I agree that we, we have become consumers. Mm-hmm. We really, and it's sad because America, we spend, 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 and everybody else is making our products, shipping them to us. Right. And I think during this pandemic, people have really come to take back those products and start trying to make them and sell them. Then they find, gee, that ain't a bad thing, you know? Yes. Having, being a producer yes. of products. So I want to thank you um, for coming on my show. We have been talking. This is um, WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, and you're in the village with Willie P. So I have been talking to GL Matthews about his book called Universal Project for Human Development. And the title of his book is From the Ghetto to the Promised Land. And his book can be found at Frugal Bookstore. And he's a walking around Roxbury, so if you want to get in touch with him, you can. Thank you for coming on my show. And thank you for, you know, getting the word out to the public. Thank because you. Because that's what we need to do. We have to share. Thank we you. have to share the word. Amen. How else yeah. are we going to get it out to people? That's we assume right. that everybody knows things. They don't. And sometimes sharing is the best way to do it. And in the village, it's good to help someone just because it's the right thing to do. Amen. It's good to honor someone that makes an impact in your life. The village ha- helps to redefine the things that treat you unkind. It takes a village to make a difference. And the difference can be found in the village. Next time. Proceeding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708. 3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.